Greetings, listeners, if any, and welcome to DM Dad, the podcast about playing Dungeons and Dragons and other role-playing games with kids. A great way to spend time with your family, now that your friends are too old and have all moved away. So the answer to the question, uh, is there such a thing as a black metal Christmas carol, is yes. Um, I mentioned in my last podcast that I am uh, a bit of an edgelord, um, so it follows that I would love black metal. And uh, one Christmas I was wondering, hey, has any black metal band ever done like a Christmas album? 
and I discovered Christmas ist Krieg by Erlösung. Um, they're a German band. Um, they're actually a duo, like a lot of black metal bands are either duos or uh, individual artists. Erlösung in German means solution. Um, I think it's a reference to suicide, actually. Um, they actually have two Christmas albums. So Christmas ist Krieg, which translates as Christmas is War, and is a reference to um, Nargaroth's uh, collection of black metal cover songs, Black Metal ist Krieg. Um, that's their earlier one. And then their follow-up was Satan in Disguise, uh, obviously a reference to the fact that Satan and Santa are anagrams. Uh, so why am I talking about black metal on my gaming podcast? Well, before my gaming podcast, there was my gaming blog. But my one of my first experiences blogging was a seasonal blog I wrote a long time ago called The 12 Days of Crapmas, where I counted down my 12 least favorite Christmas songs. Um, I had a lot of fun doing it. And... Uh, um, I tried to do it in subsequent years, slightly varying the list so it wouldn't be predictable, but I never quite recaptured the magic and the enjoyment of the first version, so I eventually gave it up. But uh, every time Christmas rolls around, I remember that blog and how much fun I had writing it. So I thought, maybe for a little twist, every time I do a, po uh, a podcast in December, I will include a Christmas song. Um, unlike my original blog, it won't necessarily be a song I hate, although it might be. I actually really like um, that Erlösung song, and in fact, I like their full Christmas albums. They have a really good uh, version of uh, Jolly Old St. Nicholas, and uh, they do an ironic cover of The Christmas Shoes, which is one of the worst songs ever written by humankind, um, but it's almost tolerable in their version. Um, but I'll maybe put in some really lame... Um, terrible ones as well so we can have a little bit of fun um this all depends on whether or not i can manage to uh upload songs in the format i have them um mp3s and wmvs work fine it seems but i have quite a lot of the uh apple ones from the years i spent listening to music through itunes so we'll see we'll see how we go hi robert collins bike pit all this talk of Hobbits, I've had to go back, re-listen to your Adventures in Middle-earth episode. I really loved it the first time round. Um, one of my favourites that you've done. But I've forgotten how much you'd actually put in there. Loads of interesting topics and I recommend anybody who hasn't heard it to go back and listen to it. Now that we've got a few new folks, um, I thought I should point it out really. The Hobbits on Bikes idea that we knocked about... I'd be really keen to see what you do with that. Uh, if um, there and back again can reinvigorate that project and bring some fun games to the table for you and your kids, that'd be great. And uh, make sure you tell us all about it. Catch you later. So thanks for that, Colin. Yeah, it's still on my to-do list. Um, I'm bringing that project together. Um, um, but... I'm hoping that over the Christmas holiday, if we're going to be stuck indoors with the kids off school for a couple of weeks, that we might um, get some good gaming sessions in. Um, what do you think? Uh, would you like to to play like kids on bikes, but as hobbits in the Shire? Yes. 
Yeah. Um, my son's already rolled up a character, a Hobbit character, but that's for Adventures in Middle-Earth. Um, so we might have to start again with the there, on, there and back again system um, and, and see how that goes. Um, but I'll keep everybody posted on how that works. Hi, Arfid here. Um, just listened to your latest broad- podcast and uh, it was very good to hear your daughter um, see what she had to say about role play and what she enjoys, um, some of the insights. Um, as far as uh, questions or uh, other things I'd like to hear about, would like to hear a little bit more about what she does as a, a GM. I think you said that she'd uh, made up her own game, so we'd be interested to see a little bit more about that. And also, does she enjoy playing with other children or does she play with the adults or prefer playing with the adults more? Um, whether it be GM in again or as a player because um, obviously my brother's got uh, young young children that play in our group um, I'm always interested to see if they get on better with the children or enjoy playing with the adults anyway keep up the good work thanks so that was uh, Rocks Fall Everyone Dies um, thanks for thanks for that and uh, thanks for the feedback on the interview with my daughter I really enjoyed doing that and she did too she really wants to be on the show again um, in in terms of uh, in terms of uh, GMing, she hasn't had a chance to run her adventure yet. Um, so I wonder if a, a good idea for a follow-up episode would be like we could just uh, launch her little uh, her map that she's made on uh, Worldographer, and she could maybe take us through it and stuff like that. Maybe we could actually start putting some mechanics to it, you know, and start fleshing the ideas out. Um, well, we could finish it live or like on on record um as for whether she enjoys play so we play we play three ways really so we play one-on-one with just me and my daughter we play me my daughter and my son and then we play um me my daughter um her two cousins and their dad so which way is your favorite way i don't know i like them all I noticed that you um, you are a little quieter the bigger the group is. You don't um, you don't volunteer as much. You know you don't um, ideas the more people there are, and you tend to get distracted more easily the more the more players there are. I wonder is that because you started off just one on one, and but. Also, I think with your cousins, since you only see them to play D&D, you're also, you're usually distracted by wanting to play something else with them as well. Um, so that's another, another factor. And then when you play with your brother, you, you sometimes just end up fighting. But that's because you're siblings. Yeah, I wanted to have that brother. So it's D&D-cember, um, <clears throat> where... I think officially they call them creators. Are supposed to spend the month creating things about D and D. The more I look into it, the more I see like it's maybe just people drawing things and stuff, and I don't draw. Um, but I thought I would do this podcast. I, I'm sure like last year, uh, Pro Jared did a series of videos about D and um, I can't remember if they were related to the official prompts, so I may stray from the official prompts too, if I decide to, but, um, one of the prompts for the, the first week was warlocks and clerics. I hate warlocks. 
I think it's a ridiculous idea for a character class. Uh, my my least favorite class is, of course, the monk, followed by the bard. But I think warlocks are definitely on a par with those two. I am not a fan of half casters, um, half spell casters. I think, first of all, it's a way to have your cake and eat it too. Um, and I don't see why anybody would be worse at martial or spell casting in order to be able to do both. Like what you, we don't need a mediocre spellcaster and a mediocre fighter. We need a good fighter or a good spellcaster. But let's like take it. Let's take the warlock at face value and pretend that it's not a min-maxing exercise. What is a warlock? A warlock is somebody who can cast spells because a a deity gave them power. So it's a lot like a cleric. Um, the implication is that your patron is maybe a less powerful deity than the kind of deity that powers a cleric, and maybe that's why your spells are less powerful or that you get less of them or something. Um, and there's also an implication that they're evil. You know, one of them's the great old one and one of them's the archfiend. I'm talking about 5e, five, uh, five of course. But let's say that you're you're choosing to play a warlock not because you're a min maxer who wants to combine a little bit of spell casting with some martial uh, prowess because warlocks can wear armor, um, for instance, they can wear leather armor, um, unlike wizards. Let's say that there's a role playing reason you want. Maybe you want to play somebody who's a bit of an edge, somebody who's made a deal with an evil god. Why not just play an evil cleric? People don't like to play clerics because they don't like to be stuck as the party's healer. And the irony is that the cleric list of spells is one of the best spell lists in the game and always has been. But you never know it because you spend all of your spell slots on healing spells. So let's play an evil cleric. Don't play a warlock, play an evil cleric. Now, Matt Colville did a video on evil characters, and it really opened my eyes about the possibility of evil characters. He wasn't saying be a disruptive member of the party. Don't. He wasn't saying spoil the game for everybody. He's saying play a character whose alignment is evil, some form of evil, and who has an in-story reason for cooperating with this group of adventures to achieve an end, which is a reasonable thing that people, even evil people, would be able to do. So you can therefore be a constructive and productive member of the party, but still be evil. And you could have your evil god giving you evil spells. An evil cleric maybe wouldn't know any healing spells. Maybe the party has another healer and you can finally use the cleric list of spells, but just use the the amazing non-healing spells and just be like, sorry, my character doesn't do healing spells. Or just say that your god never gives you healing spells because that's not what your god is about. Um, this is really in line with kind of my thinking about character classes, which I would rather modify and customize an existing character class and differentiate it from the norm through choices and role-playing than invent an entirely new character class with its own set of mechanics that everybody now has to get used to. So those are my thoughts on the warlock versus the cleric. Um, 
and looking through the prompts for the first couple weeks of D and December, there is a lot of prompts that deal with uh, newfangled classes and races that I am not a fan of. So, like I said, I may de- I may depart from the prompts and just talk about whatever. Um, before I sign out, um, Josh Beckelheimer has started putting stock art um, up on uh, Drive Through RPG. Um, so, in addition to his one-page adventures, he now has um, a couple of uh, a couple of monsters up there: the uh, tentacled bear and the um, horned tentacled monster. Um, I like the. Uh, I like the idea of uh, the tentacled bear because you would have to wonder how did it get that way, you know. Um, I've uh, I've been building uh, a place in my in my home setting where I could run um, the uh, uh, the Barrier Peaks expedition to the Barrier Peaks, so the the crashed spaceship dungeon, and I decided that. The nearby area should be full of mutated things um, as a result of like radiation and stuff from the nearby wreck of the spaceship. And uh, I think something like a, a tentacled bear would fit in really well with that because you'd look at it and it's like, that just ain't right, you know. Um, and he also has a map up. Um, it's a map of like a little... Um, like a little isthmus and then a couple of islands off the coast of it and stuff. Um, so none of these are very expensive and you can, uh, use them in your own adventures as long as you, uh, give Josh Beckelheimer attribution. I think they're about two bucks a pop. Um, so, uh, so I think they're, they're, they're well worth it. Um, full disclosure, I got some copies of them for free, um, but I would pay the I would pay the price for these. Um, one of the things is because I'm not, um, I I'm not an artist and I'm not a good cartographer. What I've been finding is that more and more um, I just look through the community for somebody else who's done a piece of art or a map that is like what I have in my head and just use that. Um, so I'm always uh, I'm always up for seeing um, more sort of uh, licensed stock art and stock maps and things like that. Um, what I find is that that gives me then the time as an adventure designer to um, to populate the map or you know the 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 monsters um, they don't come with any stats so you figure out their stats and their history and what and why they're there and like you know like I said for me. I decided that the tentacle bear is some kind is the result of some kind of mutation due to its proximity to a source of radiation. But you know, um, you could go a number of different directions for that. Um, so I'm hoping to see more of this in the near future. But I just thought I would let everybody know that uh, these products are available and you should check them out um, on Drive Through RPG. Which um, I, you, for the time being, you can still check them out on RPG now. But as we all know, those are going to merge. Um, in the near future. Um, until then, um, I'm going to finish my coffee and for the rest of you, play well and let the dice fall where they may. <laughs>